I saw a video. Uh, um, this, this has been around for a while. I'm thinking a lot of people have seen this, and then it popped back up this week. I saw it, and I thought, man, that nails it. That's, that's, that's where I'm going with my sermon. Um, maybe you've seen this. Official footage of Jesus repeatedly helping me out of the mess I got myself into. Let, let, let go one more time there. Just I want everybody to get this, right? Is that you? There's my question. Is that you? Is that what we do? And as the head sheep, I'm here to tell us, can we not do better than that? <laughs> Okay, maybe. I mean, Jesus is gracious. Jesus is good. Jesus saves us over and over and over. But he's calling us to stop jumping in the hole. I'm mean, just, just think, out, think outside the box here a little bit. You know, what can we do to, to make it easier on our Lord and Savior? That's, that's all I'm asking today, all right? Um, I, I've got a story that I want to uh, share with you here. I read this here about Napoleon. Um, interesting story here. Um, uh, one day, the commander, this is Napoleon, one day his, his, his prize horse ran away from him. An alert private immediately jumped on, the horse and cha- jumped on a horse and chased after um, Napoleon's horse. When the private returned the horse to the general, Napoleon smiled at the private and said, Thank you, Captain. The overjoyed private immediately took his old uniform to the quartermaster and exchanged it for that of a captain. He then ran back to the barracks, packed his bags, moved into the officer's quarters. In an instant, the commander-in-chief had changed his status from that of a lowly private to that of a commissioned officer, to a captain. The, the, the once private, he never once doubted the commander's words. Instead, he believed what the general had said and he acted accordingly. In the same way, Jesus Christ, in a single act, has changed our status forever from being enemies of God to being children of God. And that's our, respons- our responsibility to act accordingly, to change our old ways for the new ways. Listen to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. This is where we're going to be. Um, Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That's all I want us to look at today. I want us to look at those verses. I want us to break this down and look at this here. Paul is, is asking us to exchange our old desires, our old attitudes, our old actions of, of the life that we lived when we lived in rebellion to God. When our lived, you know, maybe you don't see it like in rebellion to God, but you weren't walking with God. It's time to trade all that in, change all that. And live according to the rank and the status that Jesus has given you. And it begins, since then, since this was uh, Colossians 3 verse 1, since then you have been raised with Christ. It says raised. Raised to a new life. 
from sinful to saint. We talked about that a few weeks ago. From private to captain. You have been raised to this new life. And notice this is past tense. It's, not, it's something that's already happened. It's not like he's going to raise you, you at, at, the, at the rapture, at the, at, the, uh, at the coming of Christ. We're, at, at, you know, we're going to be raised with Christ then. No, you've already been raised with Christ. The Bible actually talks about you know, two resurrections. One is a spiritual one, one is a physical one. The physical one comes later. The spiritual one happened the day that you were baptized. This is what it says in Romans 6. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We just witnessed this this morning. Joshua went into the water. He, he died to himself. He was buried. The old man was buried. He comes out of the water, a new creation, so that we may live a new life. So this is for Joshua. This is for all of us. This is basic Christianity here. To this we have been called to live a new life, to stop living like the sheep that runs in the ditch all the time and start living like a smarter sheep than that. You know, that's all I got for you. Sorry. Um, and it, it requires a change of focus. Focus upward. Focus on the things above instead of on the things below. Set your hearts on things above. It, it, it says set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. All right, so just for a short moment here, I don't want to obsess on this part at all, but just you know, why, you know, the, when, we, when we look downward, when we look at earthly things, the examples of earthly things. In, in Colossians chapter 2, right before the passage that, that, that we're reading today, right before this passage, it lists several earthly things that people focus on. And one we talked about two weeks ago, the, the deceptive philosophies of this world, the reasoning of this world. This is what it says in Colossians 2, 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. You know, philosophy is a, you know, wisdom, but wisdom without God is not wisdom, and yet that's what the world's preaching to us. A lot of philosophy that does not include God depends on human traditions and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Then when you think about Jesus Christ, who walked on water, who turned water into wine, who, who did miracle after miracle after miracle, he didn't live by the basic principles of this world. He lived by something else, which tells me there's something else out there. And we'd be, we'd be naive to, to, to ignore it. So examples of uh, earthly thinking is the reasoning of this world, the rituals of this world. It goes on in Colossians chapter 2. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or the Sabbath day. These are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Simon talked a little bit about this last week, the, the rituals. What, you know, what uh, Pentecost was in the Old Testament was just a shadow of what was to come. The Pentecost in the Old Testament was the giving of the law. But in Acts chapter 2, it was the giving of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it was just a shadow of what was to come. But too many people are worshiping the shadows. They're just worshiping the shadows, the rituals, instead of the real thing. Another earthly thinking, the, the, the religions of this world, Colossians 2 verse 18 says, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen in his unspiritual, and, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. 
A lot, of, a lot of false religions out there. I think that's what it is talking about here. And, and the regulations of this world, Colossians 2, verse 20, since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, to, to this world, do you submit to its rules? And all these rules, it goes on, do, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. All these rules are based on human commands and teachings. It's you know, legalism. That's what that is. It's just rules. And, and a lot of people see that's what, what Christianity is, a bunch of rules. It, no, Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, as, and once again, Simon said this last week, it comes with the rules, but the rules are secondary. The, the, the main focus is the relationship, the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. This world is corrupt. This world has been taken captive by Satan. Evilness and wickedness permeates everything in this world. Don't treasure the things of this world. Don't focus on the things of this world. Now, I talk about some of these, some of these earthly things. Um, I want you to think about this. This is, this is really important here. Think about the results of what happens when you focus on earthly things. And going back to Colossians chapter 2, it tells us that we will be taken captive. See to it, no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies. So there's bondage, there's captivity that comes with earthly thinking. In Romans chapter 1, it, it talks about futile thinking in, in darkened hearts. I mean, who wants that? Uh, Romans 1 verse 21, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. I want you to see that word thinking. Their thinking became, is that up there? Yeah, their thinking became futile. Their thinking, stop thinking, stop thinking what you shouldn't be thinking. Depravity. Uh, Romans 1.28 says, Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. A depraved mind. It, it's, it's about the, it's, once again, it's about the thinking. It's about your mind. What's going on in the mind? Depraved minds, which leads to depression, leads to mental illness, leads to demonic oppression. And... It's everywhere in our culture. The more people are rejecting Jesus in our world, the more we're seeing this. And that in itself should wake a lot of people up. There's hostility to God. Romans 8 verse 7 says, A sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. The sinful mind... In, in every one of these verses, I'm seeing the, the thing that stands out over and over and over. It's about the mind. It's about how you're thinking, about a depraved mind. It leads to death, which is separation from God. Romans 8, verse 5, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the, that, that, that nature desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So now you have a choice to make. Am I going to live by my sinful mind, or am I going to live by the Spirit? The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. There's a lot of stinking thinking going on out there. This world is corrupt. This world is wrong. This world is not what it's supposed to be. It's not what it will be. It's what we've made it, which is a mess, and we need God to fix it. And God has called us to... Guard our thoughts because they are the source of true life, is what it says in Proverbs 4. 
says in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your hearts, for it is the wellspring of life. It says in Proverbs 23, As a man thinketh, so is he. And, and so I, I, I'm trying to emphasize a lot of this, you know, what's going on in the mind. And I want you to understand, this is what Satan goes after. He's attacking the mind. He, he's, he's, put, he's, he's trying to fill your mind with doubt and with fear and with anxiety and, and, and with worldly things and, and with, you know, self, just, you know, it's all about you. He's attacking your mind to take you away from God and the blessings of God and all that God has for you. It's about the mind. And this is why Paul says, set your hearts on things above. Colossians, chapter one, or Colossians 3, verse 1, set your hearts on things above. And, and, and when, it, now, when it says set your heart on things above, what things above are we supposed to be thinking about? We just sang the, the song Victory in Jesus. And it talked about streets of gold. It talked about mansions in heaven. It talked about the angels. I mean, should we be thinking about angels? Should we be, be thinking about the mansion that, that Jesus is, is building for us? Should we be thinking about the streets of gold? Should we be thinking how beautiful it is, how there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more dying, our lost loved ones who are there, our lost pets? That might, uh, that's too weird. Um, shouldn't even went there. Um, uh, you know, no, that's not what the focus is. Focus on things above, and specifically what Paul says, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Not about angels, not about streets of gold, not about any of this other stuff. No, it's about Jesus Christ is there and he's sitting right next to God. He's sitting in the place of authority. Jesus has all power, all authority. It's not about all this other stuff. It's about Jesus. And this is a great thing. This is why this world is such a mess. Is because we have rejected the authority of Jesus Christ, thinking we know better or we, we want to do it our way. We've rejected Jesus Christ as Lord. And that's why we're in such a mess. Paul's not asking us to meditate, meditate on the things in heaven. He's, he's asking us to, to meditate on Jesus who is in heaven, who is our Lord, our Savior, who has all authority. He's the King of kings. He has ultimate power. He wants to rescue us from this corrupt world and, you know, the sin, the death, the hurt, the pain. He wants to invite us into his perfect kingdom. So focus on things above, specifically Jesus Christ sitting on the throne. In Colossians 3 verse 2 says, set your minds on things above. The, the, the Colossians 3 1 says, set your hearts on things above. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, set, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And, and so this mindset is what I really want to focus on right now. This, this mindset that you and I are supposed to have as people who have been given new life in Jesus Christ. Have you heard the, the, the phrase before, people who are so heavenly minded, they're, they're no earthly good? Maybe you've heard that saying. Um, now, People are trying, it's, it's just another thing that people say to try to get you to stop doing what you need to be doing. It's more likely that people today are so worldly minded that they're no earthly good. No, are no heavenly good they're, they're, because they're so worldly. The problem is not that you're so heavenly minded. The problem is that we're so worldly minded. When you look at the history of the church, it's been those who have been who have been the most heavenly minded that have done the most good. C.S. Lewis, he writes this. I want you to see this. He says, if you read history, you will find that, that the Christians who did the most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. He goes on and says, it is, is since Christians have lar largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this world. That, that really got to me right there. This is the state of our world right now. 
A lot of Christians who keep jumping back into the hole instead of doing the work that God has called us to do. C.S. Lewis says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. The apostles who set on, who, who set on the, who, the apostles who, who, who conquered the Roman Empire, great men who built up the, the Middle Ages, the English uh, evangelicals who, who abolished the slave trade, they all left their mark precisely because their minds were occupied with the things of heaven, with Jesus being on the throne. Our feet have to be here on this earth. This is our residency, but our citizenship is in heaven. Our minds must be in heaven. If we fix our gaze on things above, God will change our desires. If we change our minds, God will change our hearts, and that will change the world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This is what we pray, the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's more than a prayer. It's more than a memory verse. It's a worldview. It's the way we look at the world. This is what we live for. The results of a changed mind is a transformed life. Who you are today is not the real you. It's, it's you with a sinful nature. It's you with pain. It's you with regret. But that is not who God has called you to be. When God is done transforming you, that will be the real you. And it's what, I want you to think about that. What has God called you to be? And are you, are you striving to be that now, here on this earth? Or do you think someday it's just going to happen? No, this is what this, this life is about, is to prepare me to, for, the, the, for eternity. And he calls me now to be holy, as he is holy. And we need to be getting ready for our eternal life in heaven. Who we are now is not the real us. Who we will be in eternity, that's the real us. So be encouraged. Don't just look back and think about your faults and your failures and your flaws. We need to acknowledge these things. But then we need to come to Jesus and allow him to start working on us and changing us and transforming us into the people he's calling us to be. So don't, don't be discouraged by who you are today. Be hopeful. Be encouraged. The Bible says, he who began a good work in you is, will be faithful to complete it. God is doing something. He wants to do something in your life. If you just would stop jumping back in the hole over and over and over. The God that loves you will keep loving you. The God that's transforming you will continue to transform you. The God who has created this perfect kingdom, he's preparing you for that perfect kingdom. We're not there yet. But we need to start thinking about it now. We need to keep thinking about it. We need to think about what God has created us to be. And then we need to start living like that person that he's called us to be. In, in God's kingdom, you, when, you, when you think about things above and what heaven is going to be like, you know, people are going to love each other. So shouldn't we be loving each other now? In, 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 in God's kingdom, everybody tells the truth. So shouldn't we be telling the truth now? In, in God's kingdom, everyone is Christ-like. So shouldn't we be Christ-like now? So the result is a transformed life. That's what we need to be working on. And, 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 
and then I want to take you to the blessings of this. The, the, what I see here, um, the blessings, the benefits of focusing upward. First of all, there's, there's the peace of God. It says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, You, God, will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on you. He will keep in perfect peace. How many people live with worry and anxiety and fear and all these different things where you know, Satan is, is getting at you, Satan is attacking you, Satan has he's messed with your mind so much. And, and what the Word of God says, God will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. If your mind is stayed on him. So we receive God's peace. And not only God's peace, we, we, we receive God's presence in our life. Here on this earth, we can walk in God's presence. It, it says in, in Philippians 4, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be, it doesn't say the peace of God will be with you. It says the God of peace will be, be with you. He will walk with you. He will sustain you. He will guide you. He will help you. But we got to get our minds right. We got to start thinking about things above. Another blessing I see here is life. Romans 8, verse 5 says, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live according to the sinful, uh, those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death. We talked about that. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. A truly born again Christian desires what the Spirit of God desires. A born-again Christian wants what God wants, wants God's will to be done. And this is what makes us effective in this world. This is what makes us salt. This is what makes us light. This is what makes us ambassadors of, of, of Jesus Christ. Because we desire the things of God. We're walking with God. We're living by the Spirit. And we have peace with God. And we have the presence of God. And we have life. And the world looks at you and thinks, wow, you're weird. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I got Jesus. They just think it's weird. I think it's awesome. All right, so why? Back page of the outline, if you got the outline here. Um, focus upward. I'll give you a few reasons here why. One is because, first of all, you have died. You died. That's what it says in Colossians 3, verse 3. For you died, and your life is now hidden in Christ, with, with Christ in God. We died to the old man. We died to who we once were. And some of us keep on trying to resurrect that person. Knock it off. Stop it. Out with the old. We need, we need to die to some things, the things that hurt us, the things that hurt others, the things that hurt our witness. We need to die to those things. These things are contrary to, to the will of God. And we need to bring in the new, the, so much of the, the New Testament talks about this, this new life that we are called to. In Romans 8, in Romans, uh, Galatians chapter 5, um, Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are a new creation. We are born again, united with Christ. He gives us a new desire. He gives us new purpose. He gives us a new perspective. All these things come when we make Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. And it's a beautiful thing. Why doesn't more people in this world want that? This is a beautiful thing. It says in Galatians 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
The life I live in the body, I now live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I died to who I was. I've been crucified to who I was. Now I live my life for Jesus Christ. The old nature is not renewed. It's not reformed. It's dead. It's been put to death. We need to leave it. That, leave it in the grave. That's just that's basic Christianity, one-on-one. Why focus upward? Because Christ is now your life. Christ is your life. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Love it. When Christ, who is your life, my life is all about Jesus. It's not only with Jesus Christ, it is Jesus Christ. We are united with Jesus Christ. Our life is not this world. Our life is eternal. It's not, it doesn't mean that we ignore the responsibilities we have on, on this earth. We have responsibilities here. But our motivation, our strength, our direction comes from heaven, not from earth. Listen to a couple of these verses here. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is the gift that Jesus wants to give you. He wants to give you a life that you never could imagine. You didn't think you could have it so good. That's what Jesus offers. If we fix our mind on things above, if we fix our hearts on things above, it says in 1 Timothy 6, 19, take hold of the life that is truly life. Take hold of the life that is truly life. I love that verse. As Christians, we still have ambitions. We have desires. We have values. We have affections. But now, as Christians, Jesus directs these ambitions. He directs these values. He directs these, these, these affections. He guides them. And that's what gives us life. That's what makes us salt. That's what makes us light. That's what makes us ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Why focus upward? Because Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. And you see it in his ministry here on this earth that he connected eternity to everything he did on this earth. The dynamic interplay between the eternal and the temporal. The, the big eternal picture. We're not to be distracted by our living. We're to be directed by our living. When you think about heaven, that directs our living. It doesn't distract us. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says this, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, which is heaven, he was thinking about the things above, endured the cross, the, the things of earth. He endured the things of, of earth because of his focus on things above. Jesus didn't focus on consuming. He focused on contributing. He wasn't a hoarder. He was a giver. He did not live for worldly pleasure. He lived for a heavenly treasure. He is our example. We are to be Christ-like. This is what you see in Jesus' ministry. He focused on things above as he worked here on this earth, as he did his ministry here on this earth. And, and then I also want to give you the example of Paul. Uh, Paul, who, who's given us mo most of the New Testament, this is what Paul writes. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Our present sufferings, the things that we're experiencing here on, on this earth, all the junk here on this earth, don't worry about it. Someday we're going to heaven. That's what you need to be thinking about. So we deal with what this, this world throws at us. We 
We do what we have to do, but we do it with our minds focused on Jesus Christ, who is king, who is Lord, who is God. Paul, it, Paul writes in uh, 2 Corinthians, he says, We know that, that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with, with you in his presence. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, that's what this world is doing to us, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. We're getting ready for eternity. For our light, light momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what, what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is, what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. We fix our thoughts on what is eternal. There's a bigger picture here. So while we see the troubles of this world, we also see there's a whole lot more going on. So we trust God, and we walk with God, and we live for God, and we are blessed by God, and we have peace with God. This is how Jesus lived. This is how Paul lived. This is how you and I are to live. Jesus says, do not store up your, your, for yourself treasures on this earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I know that while we're living on this earth, there, you know, we need a car, we need a house, we need this, we need that. We, there are certain things. We have responsibilities here on, here on this earth. But it's all just temporary. Don't lose focus of the fact it's just temporary. Everything we have here is just temporary. It's just to help us to do the work that God has called us to do. So let me close with this thought here. What is your mindset? Where is your mind? What are you thinking about? And you got any stinking thinking that's going on that needs to be dealt with? It's not of God. It's not what God wants you to be thinking about. Whatever, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, meditate on these things is what the Bible tells us to do. God will keep you in, in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him, is what it says in Isaiah. Seek first the kingdom of his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first. If you're going to spend the rest of your life in heaven, then why not start thinking about it now? It's just a, it's a great thing to think about. And why not think about how to bring other people with you? Bring as many people as you can with you. And why not... Spend some time trying to know more about this place that you're going to be spending eternity at. Why not live preparing for eternity with God, the God who created you and loves you, who sent his son to die for you and to redeem you and to liberate you from all the sat that Satan is trying to destroy you with. You are no longer a sinner. You are a saint. Let's live like it.